Hi, this is Shea Groom, and you're listening to Coffee and Valkyries. Good evening, Susie. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. How about you? Feels like we just talked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing fine. Um, obviously, Seattle is going through a little bit of a heat wave this week um, by Seattle standards. Uh, and I'm sure the same thing is happening down there in Portland for you. Yeah, um, we hit 97 here. Mm-hmm. And my parents who live in central Washington, where it's always hotter than Seattle, um texted me and told me that it's 10 degrees hotter here than it is in eastern washington which is quite bizarre wow that's something yeah (laughs) anyways uh speaking of heat um the women's soccer world is uh pretty much on fire today because finally the united states began their campaign in the world cup to repeat as world cup champions and they did so beating Thailand 13 goals to nil. And that's got a lot of people talking one way or another about that scoreline. I wasn't able to catch the second half where all of those goals came in because um, my day job commitments, um, basically I was in a meeting. And honestly, I think I'm glad I didn't see that second half because I think the reaction from social media about the result I think it's far more entertaining than if I were to actually watch that second half. Yeah, I was in the same boat as you um, in that I missed the missed the second half for a meeting also and came back to a surprising goal, goal differential and then a lot of takes on social media and in comment sections. Mm-hmm. I think um, Rain FC player who's taking a break this year, but... Y'all, Ava Bush said it well on Twitter, where she's like, honestly, the game wasn't fair or ideal really for either team, the U.S. or Thailand. Mm-hmm. Like, the U.S. shouldn't have to, um, like, consider not playing their game. That's what they're there for the World Cup to do. And they shouldn't – they should celebrate every single goal they score because that's super important for team building. But Thailand also shouldn't be competing against – teams in the World Cup from such a disadvantaged position, as as y'all said, like when it comes to support, when it comes to funding, and those are things we should encourage. We should encourage more investment in women's soccer. We shouldn't be complaining about the scoreline as much. We should be talking about um, just we've seen what countries have done in the last eight years when they've invested in women's soccer, and it's all been positive. So maybe that's the storyline we should be focusing on. Yeah, and uh, actually later on in this episode of Coffee and Valkyries, you're going to hear from some players that uh, will basically echo what you just said. Exactly. You know, yes, it's a total mismatch uh, in every sense of the word. You have United States, the reigning champions against Thailand, who, yes, they qualified for the World Cup and they earned that, you know, earned that trip to France. But, you know, they knew that they uh, were not in the same league as the United States. And it's one of those things where it's just the way it, uh, you think, way, way it goes based on, you know, they were drawn into the same group, but, you know, Thailand could have been in the same group as Germany and you could have had something similar with the scoreline wise in, in terms of goal differential because 
Germany did that in the 2015 World Cup against Ivory Coast. They yeah. beat 10-0 in their opening group stage game. But does anybody remember were people chastising Germany for doing that? Were they, you know, they still had a job to do just like how the United States in this campaign has a job to do. It is to play their game according to their game plan and execute it because they want to repeat as World Cup champions. And they know that that road is probably going to go through France and they're not putting up 13 goals against France. Yeah, and I think um, the thing that actually I was a little bit worried about from the U.S. perspective heading into this tournament is that they did get drawn into one of the weakest groups in the competition. And um, what that means is they might not get the kind of competition they need early in this before mm-hmm. they get to some better quality teams. So that, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, they played Chile next, who actually showed themselves quite well against Sweden. Yeah. But, then, but then after Chile, they will have a tougher ma- match in Sweden. And then I think the question for me is, did this game tell the U.S. enough about themselves? And I don't know. But that's the reality of who you get drawn in the World Cup. Yeah, I don't think there's much to learn to take away from to, uh, this result, really, that says, oh, the United States put up, thir- you know, scored 13 goals. Should your Germany, your England, your France – you know, should they be uh, shaking? No, they shouldn't because if anything, they were probably uh, were watching that game and like, yep, that's what the uh, United States can do and should do because, again, you know, they uh, they have a goal and it's to uh, keep their grip, uh, grip on the World Cup trophy. And, yeah, it just goes back to what Yal Averbush uh, said after the match. Yes, Thailand is now at the World Cup. It's now – the onus is now on the uh, Soccer Federation of Thailand to then say, okay, you've made it to the game's biggest stage, but we have to do better. We have to invest in you, the players. We have to invest in the domestic league so you guys get the proper training, the proper coaching to take your game up. And if we're unable to do it domestically as much as that should be the case for all of these countries you know, that are – smaller in their profile and obviously uh, smaller in the in talent is that invest lo- uh, locally. But if that is not the case, how do we then get you to move on to go abroad to take your talent to say a league in Europe or the NWSL where you can raise your talent level up. So that way you come back with the national team and be part of that foundation to t- take them into a new level. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I think the thing that I'm super excited about is we saw some really fun performances in the last week um, that really demonstrated what can happen when you invest in, in the women's side of the game. So I'm super excited to see what the rest of the group stage looks like. It, uh, yeah, I've just had a lot of fun watching the matches. So that's what I'm focusing on. Yep. And it's something that I'll repeat later on in this episode, but a good example is Spain. You know, 2015 World Cup, it was their first time to be in the World Cup. And just look at where they are, you know, today. Just a few years of actually investing in their domestic league and in their players. And now, you know, um, they're a lot better than where they were four years ago. Yep. So it's, it's that simple thing of invest in these teams now, invest in these athletes now, so that way their future will be something that's attainable for them. 
fingers crossed that that's the narrative we talk about. <laughs> mm -hmm. So every team has played a game in the World Cup. We are now moving on to the match day two in terms of group stages where we have some interesting matchups uh, going into by the time you, the listener, are listening to us into today's matches. By the time this episode goes live, chances are Nigeria and South Korea has already gone to a result. So it's really hard for us to talk about that one. Because <laughs> by the time this episode drops, actually, it would probably be in the closing minutes of that match. But uh, later on in match day two, you have Germany taking on Spain and host nation France taking on Norway. Yeah, how are you feeling about Germany with the, the news about Jennifer Marzan being out for the match? I saw that and I didn't say anything to anybody, but like I, I'm still recovering from that, so I yeah. still, still need to be alone. Did you see um, Jess Fishlock's response about it? <laughs> yeah, you can get around a toe. because You can get around a toe. Who needs a toe? That is a very Jess Fishrock answer, and <laughs> you, we really couldn't expect anything less from her. I know. I thought it was amazing. I mean, she knows her well. She got to play with her in Lyon. And um, Frankfurt. Yeah, right. True. Yeah. So, and you've been pushing for her to steal her to the rain ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for all the Sounders fans that have been pining for the idea of Nicolas Lodero recruiting to get Luis Suarez in a Sounder shirt, <laughs> ask me how I feel about uh, Jess Fishlock recruiting a couple players over. Yeah, that would be amazing. But I think um, this has the potential to be uh, a really fun match with Germany and Spain, two, two technical teams that um, maybe didn't put in their best performance to open it up. So <laughs> it, they're going to be facing tougher competition. It'll be fun to see what they do. And then right after that, we have France-Norway. So another like potential for potential for a thrilling match who knows one team could blow out the other but both both france and norway performed quite well in their opener so yeah um, it'll be it should be a, a fun one too yeah it should be an entertaining but at the same time it's just really hard to go against a host nation in uh, most world cup tournaments but especially one that is such a well-oiled machine like france has uh is and kind of like we expect them to be yeah, I remember thinking about this when Canada was hosting in 2015, and it felt like almost, and this is just my own interpretation, but it felt like the weight was too much for the Canadian team, mm -hmm. um, and they were just feeling that pressure of being the host and the expectations, mm -hmm. and we, again, we only saw one match with France, but the, like, level of calm and just, like, how amped they were for the game made me think that that they're not feeling those same kind of weight on their shoulders. They're just like super pumped to show the world what they're made of. Yeah, they they uh, based on the opening match on last Friday, they are more than comfortable in putting on a show for everyone. Yeah. And we got quite the show. I mean, big Wendy, Wendy Renard getting uh, a brace in that game. Yeah, she's got a little catching up to do now to try and win that Golden Boot Award, but... <laughs> you can't rule her out. Can't rule her out. I guess we do you, you want to share um our predictions for match uh match day two because i mean we're gonna uh, tweet it obviously the morning of but yeah you're gonna have to remind me who i chose um all right i'm uh, pretty sure i had nigeria beating south korea 
Actually, I'm looking at our tracker right now, and it's blank. <laughs> we have not oh, filled it out yet. We need to. We need to fill it out. Well, yeah, I'm we saying, need. I'm saying Nigeria over South Korea. Okay. On the fly. Okay, I'll enter you that in for you right now. Oh, it's already in there. I just did that. Mm. Um, how are you feeling about that matchup? I don't know because you we went into Nigeria's first match thinking they could be a lot of fun and. I know. And, I mean, I th I had them uh, getting the win over uh, Norway. You and our colleague Steve both had draws, and we were wrong. We were wrong. That's okay. We were um, rooting for chaos. I'm gonna continue. I mean, South Korea did look a little like they had their heads on a swivel, playing trying to keep up with France. So who wouldn't really? Yeah. I'm entering in my picks for that one right now, and I got that one going to a draw. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, you have Germany beating Spain. Yeah, I think even though Germany wasn't super convincing, I think that they're kind of a pretty well-oiled machine, mm -hmm. even without um, their most creative attacking player. I think they'll still be able to pull it off. Yeah. I have Germany going for that one as well. That one, I'm going to be interesting to see if the officiating is going to play an influence just like it did for both of their respective opening group matches, or in Germany's case, maybe lack of officiating. Because yeah. to my recollection, that match was not going to be a candidate for the fair play award. No, China was so aggressive. Um, and I mean, that was just their tactical approach, just disrupt as much as possible even that if that meant you sort of had to hack your way through it so yeah i don't think spain will approach the game that way they like to play pretty slow and possession mm -hmm. so but you never know maybe they watched the game and said hey i know how we can beat germany <laughs> yeah and it obviously is not an appealing uh thing for viewers whether they're in the stands or watching from all over the world but at the same time you know if you're Obviously, the team that's lacking a uh, technical skill that can match somebody like Germany, which is a tournament favorite, it's like, hey, you know what? Maybe you just got to, you know, figuratively hit them in the mouth and, you know, go about hacking that way and just see how much you can get away with before the uh, referees start, you know, issuing bookings. Yeah. 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 And for France, Norway, you have host nation France. Yep. I think their momentum is just a little too strong for Norway. Same here. I'm going to France. All right. Do you think Wendy Renard gets another goal? Ooh. I think she takes a, a day off. <laughs> but I'm sure she'll surprise me. Yeah. I think she can get I think she'll get another goal. Just how big of a target she is on corner kicks. I thought it was just funny how VAR denied that what would have been France's second goal because of a very, very tight offside, and though, even though it was correct. And I think that just inspired France. Like, okay, you deny one of our defenders a goal, we'll just have our other defender uh, get two goals. Yeah. <laughs> we can do that. Yep. As the World Cup is going on, uh, now that we're entering uh, the second group stage matches for just about everybody, it's uh, we can't forget, too, that the NWSL does return to league play this weekend. If you listen to the last episode, obviously we were talking with uh, Wayne FC midfielder Jess Fishlock. 
about the mat upcoming match against Washington, what they need to do to get the three points. But we continue along in talking with more players from Rain FC about that match and also just a general uh, interview with them. So after the break, you will listen to our very fun and entertaining interview with Rain FC forwards JC Johnson and Shea Groom. We are here with Rain FC forwards JC Johnson and Shea Groom. JC, Shea, how are you guys doing today? We're good. We're great. Susie, how enjoying are you? The, I'm doing well, enjoying the warm weather. How about you all? Yes, this weather has been amazing. Matt Rainier is out in full effect today. How does this compare to Kansas? Oh, from, to Kansas City. I mean, um, it's not humid out here. It is not <laughs> humid, but we just went home and we got and so. <laughs> so, yeah, with uh, the league taking uh, the week off last week because of the World Cup starting, how was it just to uh, kind of get away from Tacoma and Washington State and just go back home and spend some time with friends and family? Uh, it was really nice. I think all of us enjoyed being able to go home and just kind of have a break and regroup and then come back for this week and get ready for our next couple games we have coming up. And how was training today? It was good. I mean, I think that there's a little buzz about the team. Um, obviously, we've tied more games than we would have liked this season. But, um, you know, I think everyone's starting to feel the potential. They're starting to feel the chemistry come together. Um, and a lot of these non-national team players just feeling like they've felt some good chemistry, you know, having been together now a couple weeks. And obviously having Jess back has been a huge part of our success on the field. And I think we're just excited to put it all together and hopefully get uh, three points, um, more than one. Was Vlatko a bit more generous with the uh, training schedule today, being that, um, you know, the United States started their World Cup ca uh, campaign today? Uh, yeah, he, we practiced earlier this morning than we normally do, so he gave us enough time to eat lunch, shower, get changed, and be able to sit down and enjoy the game. <laughs> well, that's good. Because yeah. when we were talking with Jess uh, on Sunday, she was talking about how talking to Vlatko about maybe getting a bit more relaxed with the schedule so, they, so everybody could watch uh, the World Cup matches. Yeah, we definitely have been missing a couple of them due to our training schedules, but they were very generous today so we could watch Megan and Ali start off their World Cup journey. And we were talking before we started to record, but um, we hear that you all have a, a World Cup pool and you drew teams. What team, what country did, you, did both of you get? England so Jody Taylor bring it home and I got Brazil so just hoping that my team goes far enough but doesn't ruin um, Megan and Allie's chances of bringing it back home. <laughs> That's so, awesome. So since uh, the United States are on the topic of just about the sporting world's uh, lips right now being that their first match today was against Thailand and they uh, beat them to a resounding 13 goals to zero. A lot of people have been talking about, you know, should the team have done that, you know, basically run up the score or should they have, you know, let up on that? Do you guys have any uh, comments on just, you know, the, the way people are reacting to uh, United States first game? Yeah, I think that, you know, everyone's going to have a different opinion on it. You know, at the end of the day, the U.S. had to do what's best for them. And I think the U.S. team, 
goes really far into this tournament. And I think for a lot of those players, just getting a goal under their belt um, kind of just is the first step towards um, taking care of business in this tournament. You know, I, I've been reading a lot on Twitter in the past couple hours, um, you know, some different opinions. And, you know, I thought it was really interesting. You know, you might not even ever see this in a men's World Cup. I'm not even sure what the biggest margin is in a men's World Cup. But you probably wouldn't be talking about it um, in terms of, you know, they should have gone easy. Maybe they should pass it around a little bit more. Um, and so I, I think there's definitely some uh, gender equality. Um, inequality there and um, you know I don't know if we're talking about that if we're watching a men's world cup so so it was interesting obviously but at the end of the day I think the U.S. has to do what they have to do and take care of business and this was just step one. Well it's interesting too because because right before that we got to see New Zealand put in a, a quite impressive performance to almost turn a draw with Netherlands and we've seen Argentina put in a good performance and so I think people are feeling like this is actually like one of the most competitive women's world cup so i think it's important to remember that piece of it too and i'm curious as you both have watched it if that's sort of the impression you've been left with too is that there's just a lot more teams competing um at a higher level than we've seen in previous years yeah i think that's the coolest part you know to see how far the game has come and to see all these developing countries support their women you know obviously like the u.s is a lot further along than maybe say a thailand but um you know i and that's the thing about today. I think it's a growing experience. You know, I, I think I saw a tweet um, from Leslie Gallimore, um, who's up at UW, and she said, you know, this is sets the bar for them. So they know what they have to do. They qualified for a World Cup, which is step one. And now, you know, you're seeing teams like Argentina uh, get their first draw or win in a World Cup, you know, and or get their first point in a World Cup. And um, yeah, New Zealand. So I, I think, yeah, it it stinks because you know it's hard you don't want to see fans crying and and things like that but I think that this is part of the process and this is part of the growth of the game and the growth of some of these countries and uh you know it pushes their federation to put more money into it and to give them more equal opportunity uh, to compete with some of these bigger countries yeah and I think that's the point a lot of people seem to be missing in the immediate immediate reactions to today's scoreline it's like well just remember at the last World Cup in 2015 in Canada, it was Spain's first time ever qualifying for the World Cup. And now look at where they are now, just based on the fact that they made it to that World Cup four years ago, and their federation actually put more resources into you know, developing their league and also investing in their players so they get the proper training environment, the, the right coaching at their disposal, and all of that. So yeah, it's now a case of for a federation like Thailand to actually invest in their players and you know put more effort into improving the quality of their league or say hey you're this player that has uh talent let's try and get you playing abroad to where you can elevate your game up yes i mean i think it definitely helps when people or other countries start putting in more attention and money into the woman's side of soccer and the federations and it just hopefully is going to be like a domino effect and everyone will kind of start catching on and eventually we will all be on the same page with everything and have that equal opportunity that we've been fighting so long for. And it's baby steps and it probably will take a little longer than what we want, but at least we're seeing the changes and like the improvements, which has been great to see. You guys have gotten a chance to, to 
train with, play with a lot of the people who are playing in the World Cup right now, whether they're representing the U.S. or another other countries. I know, Shay, you got to play with Rebecca Stott last year, who just had an incredible game for New Zealand today. I'm curious um, if both of you, like, who are, who are some players you think people should be really paying attention to that maybe aren't getting, like, don't have the names of the Alex Morgans or Megan Rapinos of the world? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's difficult, obviously, having a powerhouse and us playing in the United States. A lot of those U.S. players kind of get the spotlight. And, you know, there's a lot of forgotten players that uh, dominate this league and then go on to the international level and get to represent their country. So, I mean, just to name, yeah, I mean, I think Stadi is like a, a big one. Obviously, she was uh, here in Seattle, and I know she had – a lot of fans um, that mm-hmm. loved her but I mean playing with her I was like oh my gosh like how do you <laughs> how do you defend like that I don't if you watch the game today she had an in crazy back heel in the middle of the box to save a legit goal scoring opportunity um but yeah she's she's been a great friend to me and obviously an amazing player and then um I think playing with some of the Aussies this year uh just the few that are on um uh Rain FC with KK and Steph and Lydia, um, you know, they get lost in the mix too. I mean, defenders get lost in the mix to begin with. So. <laughs> um, but, but it's been really cool, you know, now watching the World Cup and, uh, you know, I was a rookie last time there was a World Cup. So, you know, I didn't know maybe as many of the players and now it's like, oh, every team that's playing, I've, you know, there's, you know, we watch Argentina, Ste- uh, Stefani Benini, you know, and, mm-hmm players like that so it's it's really cool to be able to say you know I played against some of those girls and um just to watch them compete at the international level it's been really really cool to watch now that every uh team has played a game of the world cup is there anything that's uh, stood out for either of you in terms of just general observations I just I think that tactically the women's game has just grown exponentially I think you know we're always going to see some outrageous games but you know, you're watching the Netherlands and New Zealand today. And, you know, I think the women's game, like the, the teams are going in a little bit more equipped, a little bit more prepared, and it's harder to break teams down. It's harder to score. So you're seeing a couple, you're seeing a few ties and some of these one games. Um, but it's been really, really cool to see the different brands of football and um, the way each team kind of attacks whatever their given situation is. And, um, you know, I think it's been, been some good stuff so far. Yeah, definitely. It's nice to see everything Trey said. I definitely 100% agree with that. And it's fun to just see the competitive side of just everyone. Obviously, at that level, you are very competitive. But to just see almost every team top to bottom, everyone's on that same competitive level. And it just makes the game that much more fun to watch and to play. And I think one other thing, like, surprising. I mean, I'm not – I don't know stats that well, but – I think, you know, just some of the late goals already that have happened, it's kind of, it's been wild. I mean, obviously, I think hearts broke watching Australia um, give it up to Italy late. But, um, and then today, the Netherlands with New Zealand. So I think it's just been some really, really good games. And um, again, like this is the deepest World Cup and I think the most talented World Cup there's been. So uh, just to, I think it's going to be a really, really good uh, tournament. And I, don't, I think if we did brackets for this, a lot of us might already be done. So uh, it's going to be exciting. Susie and I are very familiar with uh, filling out a bracket and just having it broken. I think we made it to 
the second day, Susie, before everything fell apart for us with our pickums. Yeah, I was rooting for a little bit of chaos, so I made some bold predictions that didn't come true, but that's okay. That's why the World Cup's so fun. Yes. Um, and while the World Cup's going on, we still have NWSL soccer. You took a week off, but we have a, a, a game coming up this weekend against um, a, a pretty tough and impressive Washington Spirit side. What do you feel like the team, you know, what are you, what are you all thinking about heading into that match in terms of how you get three points walking away from it? Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty devastating watching the last time we played Washington mm -hmm. and coming away with three points. Um, and I think for us, you know, we prepare uh, to play the teams that we're going to play and, you know, we look at what they're doing and, um, you know, what we need to prevent. But I think at this point for us, we've put some really great 90 minute performances in, but we're not scoring goals. And um, I think we've kind of honed in on what we need to be doing to put the ball in the back of the net and um, just at the end of the day, win games. And so, you know, I think that's been a focus for us is just how do we get in those positions and um, just that repetition, you know, we have great players, we have talent, um, people that are technical and know how to score goals. Now it's just a matter of doing it and doing it a lot. <laughs> and maybe Aubrey Bledsoe can have a little bit of a um, less effective game. Maybe she won't get save of the week JC, I have a question for you specifically. So the last time uh, Susan and I chatted, Susie and I chatted with you, it was basically the day of you finally were off the injury list from from your ACL recovery. Um, yeah. And we, we knew how excited you were to finally be off that and then to actually you know be able to play, eligible to play, and you got some minutes last season. And um, we know that when it comes to major injuries like that for athletes, really the physical recovery is only like one half of it. Do you think you are fully back from a mental aspect from such a major injury like that? Um, I mean, yes and no. After having two ACL surgeries within a year and three months of each other, kind of does take a mental toll on you and more than it does physically. I mean, I've luckily been surrounded by amazing people, teammates, family, coaches that have made it that much easier for me to like push through mentally and believe in myself and getting back to where I was before both the injuries happened. I don't think you really ever come back mentally. I think you change your mindset towards everything and you adjust to what was thrown at you and you kind of just go from there. It's really kind of just like a day to day thing I guess with me personally just how I handle it and each and every day I have like a different outlook with how I need to handle my knees and like how my body feels but mentally like it's nice to have the support system that I have luckily they've made it very easy for me to be able to stay at this level and to deal with the injuries that I have had okay and it seems like from folks who might follow the two of you on, on social media, you have no shortage of fun together. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, how, like how excited were you to learn that Shay was coming or maybe, maybe there's some, some rivalry there. That um, has there's definitely no rivalry. I was, <laughs> I was beyond thrilled. I was crying when she told me the news that like, went through that we got her and she was coming out here. I was 
so pumped and so excited to have her because we are both from Kansas City. Like I've grown up watching her play and it's nice to finally be on her side and have her on my team. And it's fun just watching her as a player and being her roommate, the stuff that we do. It's, <laughs> we enjoy each other's company. It's nice to have, yeah, most of the time, I mean, questionable. <laughs> Who, who is better at catching food in their mouths? Definitely me. Shay's a good tosser. Okay. All about the throw. Yeah, we have our roles. Yes. Well, based on um, just how much fun you guys have and share it on social media for all the fans, um, we did get a question when it came to us announcing that we were going to be interviewing you uh, tonight. And the question was basically – what iconic duo best fits or describes you two? <laughs> Ooh, um, this is the tacky answer. I really don't think yeah. a duo can do us. I think like, <laughs> we're just, like in our own category. Yeah, uh, we, I think we have to think on that. But I think yeah, this is like this is a thinker. Do you guys have any thoughts of like what you guys think? I mm. honestly haven't given it uh, much serious thought. So I'm fully on board with you guys uh, coining yourselves as trailblazers. Yeah, we definitely are. But, I mean, we have clear roles, too. So <laughs> yes. there's got to be a good comparison out there. I'm just like, yeah. But, well, yeah, we'll have to, have to think on that. We'll have to get sure. back to you on that one. That we sounds good. We can, take some, we can take some submissions, too. Yeah, I think we need people to, like, help the, like, brain flow yeah, going we're gonna put that on the instagram yeah tonight. we'll put that on a poll <laughs> surely the supporters groups will uh put their thinking caps on and probably have something for you guys come saturday oh i hope they definitely do i hope we still have a tifo in the future with your duo name on it <laughs> yes amazing um what? shay when we talked with you uh back at the start of the year you said one thing that you were looking forward to in terms of discovering and exploring around uh, the Puget Sound region was uh, donuts, since we know you have an affinity for donuts. So um, how's that discovery process been for you here within our great Puget Sound region? You know, it, it's been going well. You, honestly, <laughs> I've, been, I've been getting <laughs> People have taken this to a whole nother level. I mean, I've always loved donuts, but it's like a donut shows up on my doorstep every other day, so. Um, I have actually gotten to try a few, but you know, you cannot go wrong with the maple bar at Top Pot. I'd just like um, to take credit for that introductory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, we crave that more than <laughs> anything. Um, and then honestly, um, we tried this the other day, but Legendary Donuts is pretty epic. Um, and I had a like iced with sprinkles. That's like my favorite donut, I think. Um, it was blue ice with sprinkles. Like, where do you mm. find that? I don't the know. Fluffiness. Yeah, it was fluffy. It was good. So that's always a good one. And then last night, <laughs> we had a mid mid TV show um, donut craving, and <laughs> Helen's Donuts was the only one open. But they're open till like 10 p.m. So shout out to Helen's Donuts for staying open late for those late night cravings. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Was what a... what shows are you watching or what show are you watching right now? Um yeah, so we like to do these things where we <laughs> cook. Well, I cook for everybody basically while they're just playing cards and <laughs> acting like they JC has purposefully 
<laughs> remove myself from the kitchen. <laughs> remove yourself. <laughs> Done things like left the cardboard on the bottom of the pizza. Maybe set the fire alarm off. Yeah. You know? Anyway, so I cook, and then we pick a show. So what, what did we do? We just finished the act not too long ago. Um, um, we're watching Pretty Little Lies. No, no, Big Little Big Lies. Big Little Lies. Excuse me. Black we're doing two shows there. <laughs> Um, yeah, and some movies, so, uh, yeah, we got a little group going that likes to get together, play some cards, and put something on the TV. Who has the best poker face? Taylor Smith. Yeah. Oh, no one can beat her in a card game. Mm. Really annoying. Except me and JC slammed them in code names last Yeah, week, we so. did. At partner games, me and Shay win every time. Yeah. <laughs> and you, are you both members of the, the Rain FC book club? Oh yes, we are. Yeah, how did that? How did that start about? Just lots of road trips. Uh, Let's share some books. We were in Portland, um, in preseason, and a couple of us were just sitting down at lunch. We were talking about books, and one thing led to another. Darian Jenkins took charge, and she's the president. Of she's the president of book club, and <laughs> now we're three books in. And yeah, here's a. You're reading some heavy books. This isn't like light reading. These are some some deep books. You haven't heard the third book. Yeah, you haven't heard the latest book we decided to read. So, funny story about book club also, before I tell you what book we're reading. Uh, So, we're starting book club. I've only been a part of one book club, and it was, we just read like articles, so it wasn't that taxing. So, I asked Darian, you know, she's like, oh, we're meeting on this day, which is like 10 days away. And she was like, I was like, okay, well, how much of the book do we have to read by then? She was like, the whole book. <laughs> I was like, all right, I quit book club. And then I like, had to two, convince her. You know, two days later, I walk in the locker room, everyone's talking about this book. I'm like, all right, I'm back in book club, like dedicated my life for four days to reading it and never turned back. But we're reading a, a classic, a classic, uh, Lord of the Flies, <laughs> this, this book club. And I'm not sure people are huge fans but we decided to take it back to middle school because I don't think anybody actually read it when we were supposed to in school it's it's a pretty disturbing book it's kind of hard to read like (laughs) you have to like reread a couple things sometimes to make sure you read it right yeah (laughs) yeah I mean I haven't read it either since middle school so yeah, I mean, hey, we have seven copies over here if anyone needs them. <laughs> so Darian is the president of book club. So is, does she decide every single book after you guys finish one? No, we have a vote. So we actually all technically did vote to read Lord of the Flies. <laughs> but we all kind of put in like one or two or like probably two or three books that like we think are interesting and then we vote on them and then whatever has the most votes. Mm-hmm. The next book that we end up reading. Can you pr- give us a clue or just tell us outright what the next uh, book is going to be for the Rain FC book club? Yeah, we actually um, decide the next book after the book club. So ho- I think we're going to have book club next Monday. Um, so we can we can let you know then. We'll Stay you know. tuned. Yeah, and we'll see. Yeah, maybe some other people will let. Yeah, you know. we really like like memoirs or mysteries. Yeah. So maybe something down that alley. Okay. So if people have suggestions, they should just just yeah. message Darian. Yeah, definitely yeah. throw them our way. Yeah. Well, Darian's probably read every suggestion, so she reads that girl reads ten books in one week. I yeah. <laughs> a bookworm. 
Well, you can tell we hit, have some really hard-hitting questions here on the show, um, on this podcast. And Jacob and I discovered when we were talking with Jess Fishlock some some potential locker room tension around music selection oh. that that we're trying to help her get to the bottom of. She said someone on the team was playing Metallica. <laughs> she hasn't figured it out yet about who it was, but she said it was horrible. <laughs> okay, I second that, and I do agree with her. It was horrible. Okay. <laughs> Not me, but rock is in. Metallica is a bit extreme, though, but I want, I want to know who it is, actually, too. I know. It's, We're kind of just suspecting it's probably, like, an assistant coach or something. It might have been someone just, like, playing a joke on us to, like, mess with us. But I don't even know who. I, I feel like it really wasn't Bethany. I feel like she's lying to you guys. Yeah, I feel like Beth might have been the corporate of, behind that. That's possible. We talked to her before, Jess. So mm, she um, could we couldn't confirm. Yeah. Yeah, there's been some tension. Um, yeah. Taylor Smith's also very picky about her music. We found out yesterday that she is not a Dixie Chicks fan whatsoever. Nope. <laughs> so it took a toll on our friendship, but we'll recover. <laughs> you so, just have to sing it louder, that's all. Oh, yes. <laughs> so in the world of music, um, this is the question that kind of uh, got Jess and Bethany uh, got their thinking caps on really hard. So the question is, it's match day, and, each, and you're each in charge of the team playlist to get everyone else hyped up for the match. What are three songs each of you are putting on that playlist? Oh, that's... Uh, okay. Oh, boy. I got to look up a music okay, playlist. Well, me and JC both love country, and this Old Town Road business, I, mm-hmm. like, I can get on board with that. So I'm going to say Old Town Road, and then I'm such a basic girl with Shawn Mendes, if mm-hmm. I can't have you. But, like, if you don't tap your foot to that song, I don't – I can't um, be friends with you, probably. <laughs> um, I'm going to give a little shout-out to Bev. Me and Bev are big J. Cole fans. Mm-hmm. Me and her appreciate him. So probably one of J. Cole's songs. And then I think my uh, – my game day song I always listen to, I always listen to it in college, was No Scrubs by TLC. So. Yeah. Ooh, that's a solid one. No, you that's can't go. You know, I like a little Eminem action, too. A little throwback with him. His old ones were great. Oh. J. Cole, you, you probably have seen this, too, but he became a, a huge, hugely supported by Rain fans because he showed up in a Rapino jersey at one of his concerts. Yes. What? Yeah. yeah. Did. Though the one that was like bright yellow and purple, so it was very recognizable. Yeah, it was a throwback one. Yeah. <laughs> if a movie was going to be made about your life and career, who would you want to play you? <laughs> Myself. <laughs> <laughs> who would I want to play me? Whoa. Um, Rachel McAdams. She's my favorite. Mm. That's a good one. Jola, thank you. Um. Cameron Diaz, she's spicy. I like her. Or Jennifer Aniston, because I'm obsessed with Friends, and she was my favorite character on Friends. This is another question that is uh, pretty much a great debate in our modern times. Where do each of you stand on pineapple on pizza? No, it's no, no, it's just no. 
<laughs> it is a sin. You don't want to put on pizza. I probably want to put it on, but I don't feel that passionately about it. <laughs> This is going to cause some major tension in the locker room when we keep asking this question. Uh, we probably don't go to dinner together if yeah. you get your pineapple. Yeah, we probably don't like the same food. What is, um, what is if you all had to choose, like, uh, your go-to meal or type of food, what would you choose? Uh, we're big breakfast people. Mm, mm -hmm. Casey and I, honestly, I would love to know the amount of days we haven't eaten waffles because <laughs> it is not like I have this mini waffle maker, $9.99 at Target, just saying. And we cook Kodiak cakes. Like, if they do not sponsor us by the end of the season, <laughs> I don't know. Like, we cook them at least four or five times a week. Yeah, definitely on game day. That's our game day breakfast. Yeah. Waffles and eggs. But do you put, what do you put on your waffles? Honestly, uh, well, Kodak Cakes makes a chocolate, like a full chocolate waffle. So those are just like, mm. and then you don't even need anything on those. But normally we make regular waffles and then put fruit on it. And, and like bananas and strawberries, blackberries, blueberries. Yeah. So. We're going to try to do a whipping cream, a coconut whipping cream one time and see how that works. From wow. Who needs Portage Bay Cafe when you have the two of you? Exactly. Honestly, yeah. Us because we are, our culinary journey and by cul our <sighs> culinary journey, I mean mine. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I'm thrown in there. <laughs> Jason's here for some more. I'm just here to eat the food and test taste it to make sure it's edible. <laughs> So have either of you watched or are you fans of the Great British Bake Off? I am. Yes. My, me and my mom watched that a lot this off season. Um, but that's like pretty intense. It is very intense. We, but we are in the middle of coming up with some vlogs. We're going to vlog with Taylor Smith. And uh, that is actually going to be the first vlog is I'm going to eat something and give JC and Taylor limited instructions and see how it goes from there. Because me and Taylor are pretty similar in the kitchen, so it would be a great company. That'll be a fun, fun to watch or read. Yes. Oh, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, it will definitely be very entertaining to say the least. Any suggestions of what you guys think we might make or bake? Mm. yeah i feel like something with decorations are the funniest often i want to do something with pie crust because i feel like it would be hard <laughs> oh yeah, like, yeah that's a good so one nailed it like a cute show yeah nailed it that's a fun show yeah a pie <laughs> i'd go with a pie a pie oh yeah with the, pie. with the um what's it called the, on top the crust the crisscross yes yes, mm -hmm. yes. You guys would struggle so hard. Oh my god, that'd be awesome. It's gonna be a pie. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be fun content. <laughs> what? So recently we've had two uh successful movie adaptations of some iconic uh comic book characters. Who would you rather have back you up in a fight? Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel? Ha, Wonder Woman. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's no question. I love Captain Marvel, I really do, but Wonder Woman, if you haven't seen the latest Avengers movie, you'll know exactly why I'm picking her. <laughs> She's pretty iconic, so. She is definitely iconic. She's well, I think we're probably going to let you two go, but um, before we do, 
Is there anything that you may want to, to shout out to the RAIN fans listening or anything you want to shout out to other people who might be listening? Hi, Mom! <laughs> <laughs> wow, Lulu is going to be so Oh, yeah, and my dog Lulu. I'm obsessed with her and like her more than most humans. No offense to people. Well, I'm not sure if you heard at the beginning when we were recording, my dog was saying hello to everyone. Yes, uh, I really appreciated that. Is there, um, there's lots of, there's, there's now quite a couple, a couple at least dogs on the team. Yeah. Oh, big ones, small ones. Do you have, do you have a favorite or do you not want to say? I have a favorite because I'm a godmother to it. <laughs> um, Kristen McNabb has a little nugget named Renly. And he is just the cutest little thing. Wild. He's Shout great. out to Renly. Yes, Renly. He's a G. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just want to shout out to all our fans who support us, who vote that JC looks more homeless than me. <laughs> um, Very offended also by the blast I went on after Shay scored her goal. Yeah, JC got roasted in that goal. That was, that was quite a roast. I, mean, I got roasted. A fan felt bad and brought me a donut. Yeah. <laughs> so, and these are people I don't even know like I'm these are not my friends like or mine obviously like, it was intense and but so true so um, it was very true I mean I can't yeah. argue that but we're in the works of deciding if we want to start our own Instagram called J and Shay just so that we don't you know spam people but also <laughs> I don't know we might just keep spamming people yep well JC and Shay thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us Yes, thank you so much for having us. We always love to get to come out here and chat about life and soccer. And well, thank you and good luck this weekend. Yes, good luck. Thanks, y'all. So we're back. Susie, did you have fun interviewing JC Johnson and Shay Groom? That was exactly what I thought it would be like to interview the two of them together. <laughs> yep, it's, it was basically like a sitcom between those two. Yeah, they're a lot of fun, and it's awesome. I mean, I'm sure it's so great, as JC sort of mentioned. She's still, you know, mentally coming back from two pretty bad ACL surgeries and recovery, and to have someone like Shay um, as such a close friend and teammate, I'm sure, is super fun for her and probably really good for the soul. Mm -hmm. And we didn't talk about it when we were chatting with them, but you recently talked with Shay Groom uh, just basically a couple of days after she finally got her first goal in the season for Rain FC. Uh, and cause it was basically a follow-up to something that she posted on her Facebook uh, page about just how the long recovery for her it was to just basically get back into falling in love with the game. Um, I know it hasn't gone up yet on sound out hard for folks to read, but can you just share a little bit of like what people can expect from, uh, from that piece? Yeah, and I think we'll have it posted pretty soon after this comes out. Uh, yeah, her, Shay's Facebook post was basically like, she was thinking about hanging up the cleats and soccer wasn't fun anymore, as you said. And But she's really been able to find that spark again with the rain. And there's a great line, I'm spoiling it a little bit if, for listeners, but it'll be in, in in the article itself where she said, she felt like she arrived at the rain like a bird with broken wings and they helped patch her up mm. and put, like help her take flight again. Mm. Um, and I just thought that was a pretty powerful visual um, just about how much this season is really meaning to her. Yeah. Um, and 
pretty exciting also to think about, you know, she didn't train much in the off season because she was kind of like re questioning whether she should play the game anymore. So she wasn't at her best as the season started. And I think we're really fine starting to see um, that spark that we know Shea Groom has brought in the past and how much she can be a total menace to, to her opponent. So makes us, makes me excited about what the rest of the season will look like. Yes. And uh, speaking on the word excitement, I mean, you heard it in the interview with JC and Shay, but uh, yeah, I think ex- uh, just, just thinking back to how excited JC was when she found out that Shay was uh, coming to the team and how happy she was like, Oh, they're going to be roommates. And you've already, we've already seen how much fun those two have on social media. And yeah, it would, uh, interviewing those two was just basically like a sitcom. I think they, spent most of it just basically just ripping on each other and you and I were just sitting <laughs> back and we got we got to be the audience and ask a couple questions yeah it was fun it was really awesome I think it's always great to get to know the players a little bit more outside of the day job mm-hmm. um, it is funny though how some of the some of the questions that we've come up with this season is getting such emphatic answers or at least when it comes to the game day playlist questions, we now have basically two threads that we need to investigate on. Yeah. yeah. And then pineapple on pizza. Cause when we were talking with Jess Fishlock on Sunday, she was emphatic about it. And then <laughs> we talked to uh, JC and Shay and we got just an equally, if not louder response to it. Yeah. JC has feelings about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, hopefully you'd think that uh, team chemistry in Rain FC is a lot stronger that our questions about pizza and match day song selection is not going to divide the the locker room. <laughs> I know. But That'd it be is horrible. Before we sign off on this episode, is there anything you, uh, you'd like to say? Um, no. I think, well, I think if you're feeling like you're – super into this world cup and haven't checked out um an nwsl game yet this is a really good opportunity to to sort of commit to that because a lot of the players that are having really killer performances from some of the lesser known teams a lot of them got their experience in the nwsl it's where um so many competitive quality players are um so that would that would be my message if you're not already doing that. I second that message. <laughs> Anyways, that'll do it for this episode of Coffee and Valkyries. As always, thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in.